you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast, Landon. What's going on, sir? Not much. Uh, we are on the at the Monday following the Super Bowl, which, as far as I'm concerned, Marcus, it, this should be a holiday. Like, <laughs> I, I, I still do not understand why this is not a national holiday and, and that we don't all get this day off. But uh, you know, we don't get a break. We, we, either way, we would we would have been here at podcasting, even though it's it's kind of the the, the unofficial official start of the next season. Uh, we're here ready, bright and early to, to talk Cowboys football with you. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I don't like to talk politics on this podcast, but if the current president made it a national holiday, I think the approval rating would probably be, what, 100? Oh, it shoot, shoot right through the roof. Yeah, it'd be absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah, so so get on that. Um, no, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that Super Bowl yesterday, Landon. Um, yeah, we were talking pre-show, and, man, I just wish this was a better game because yeah. we had a, a fantastic season. Uh, we were really hoping to get a good game, and I was kind of surprised in a little bit. But I, I didn't think, I didn't think the Buccaneers would blow out the Chiefs, uh, but that's exactly what happened. And I think there's a pretty good explanation for why that happened with the Chiefs' offensive line. But was the final outcome surprising to you? Yeah, it was. I mean, I still expected Kansas City to find a way to pull this out and, and score some points. And and frankly, I. I'm I'm just I was a little bit shocked by I mean obviously the offensive line is a huge portion of it but I was a little bit shocked by Kansas City's inability to kind of work around it you know and and to like call and to you know, scheme away around the the problems that were happening I mean they called I think I saw it after the Twitter uh, they called the most five-man protections of any team uh, since 2016. Which I don't understand. I, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I you know, you and I had discussed this. I think you know one of the in one of the shows when we were talking about the the, the Super Bowl that you know that th- they needed to add in some more protection. They needed to find a way to keep Mahomes upright. And then I, you know, you and I joked. Or the other way they could go is just really spreading them out and uh, making. Uh, uh, Mahomes kind of just make magic happen. I I didn't think that that would be the entire game plan. You know, like that's what it felt like they were doing for the most for the most part of the game, uh, and, and they just really were not giving uh, uh, Mahomes any help there. And and you know the other part of the issue I think is that no one really was helping Mahomes. It, it felt like there was a lot of drops. It felt like, listen, Kelsey and, and Hill, Kelsey yeah. and Hill were, were being doubled a ton, which really no brainer call there, obviously. But uh, you know, no one else in the in the in the cast kind of stepped up to really uh, uh, make big plays, except you know, a couple of CVE runs. Outside of that, like you know, it's it just felt uh, it felt like the the coaches were doing Mahomes no favor. It felt like his his uh, offensive uh, uh, cast was not really doing him a, a bunch of favors. Uh, 
Uh, and then the, the the Kansas City Chiefs defense, you know, like I think they did what they could for as long as they could um, to try to keep it close. But, uh, you know, and then a couple bad calls that kind of deflated them. And, and then suddenly, you know, by the second, by the fourth time, the fourth quarter rolled around. Uh, this was this game was a route. I mean, this game was a route by the, the halfway through the third quarter at this point. All right. So one of my t- I mean, please tell me if I'm wrong. But one of the things that I noticed and I thought that Kansas City could have done better is I thought Mahomes could have got to the checkdowns a little bit sooner. Obviously, the offensive line played terrible and they, they just weren't equipped to match up with Tampa Bay. But isn't the best way to beat a cover two and a cover three defense is just keep che- taking those checkdowns early and just kind of move the ball that way, like a really short, quick passing game? Because I felt like Mahomes, and this is just the way that he is, he wants to hit the big play every play. So he was trying to get outside the pocket, and sometimes he had no other option but to get outside the pocket and look for that big play. If he would have been a little bit more... I don't know, passive early on in downs and just got the ball to the running backs and the tight ends. I felt like the offense would have had a little bit more success. Am I wrong there? I mean, the way to beat a cover, a zone coverage team is to run the football at them. You know, like I, that's the other thing well, about Well, they just can't run the yeah, football. Yeah, I mean, that's the other either, thing but. about it is that they, they, you know, I mean, CEH was was averaging over seven yards a carry, and 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 the thing that was working for them was 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 Mahomes running the football, and and I understand why you don't want to do that full time, but at the same time, like you know they were playing a, the Bucks were playing a bunch of cover two, cover four, cover six. You know, like they they were they were manning up individual receivers and then playing zone coverage behind it. There was a lot of eyes, in, you know, at the quarterback. And yeah, of course you can you you can dump the ball off underneath and and, and try to uh, uh, try to you know see if you could take little chunks out of out of the zone defense here and there. But I mean, basically, you know, they had defenders drop into spots and then rallying to the football really quickly. And when mm-hmm. you've got guys like Devin White and and Le- Levante David on your second level, they get to their spots quickly and and they f- and they come down hard and fill really quickly and they make their tackles and it makes it even more difficult uh, to kind of kind of p- pick that defense apart when you have sure tackling defensive backs and and linebackers. And I think ultimately. You know that was to me uh, the the thinking man's football MVP without a doubt was Levante David and, and Devin White. I mean they they were just sure, all sure. over the place and just able to uh, you know shorten up all those ta- all those plays. Even the pass rush the pass rush you know was was fantastic and and that was obviously the difference in the game was the amount of pressure that the the, the Buccaneers were able to get on the Chiefs versus you know vice versa. But I think that it would have been moot because, frankly, Mahomes is still so good that it would have been moot if there hadn't been really solid play on the back end by the by the linebackers in the secondary. Because yeah, I feel like David doesn't get enough credit. I yeah. mean, I know a lot of people were excited about what White did, and he's fantastic. But David was all well, over the place, man. He was David. David was all over the place. I mean, he did a fantastic job on Travis Kelsey, yeah. and I know if you look at the stats, it'll say 133 yards for Kelsey, but. I'm telling you, the way that David played that game was phenomenal because Kelsey easily could have had a 200-yard day, and his ability to really clamp down on key downs was just fantastic. So those linebackers deserve a lot of credit. But Todd Bowles, I mean, just a, yeah. just an incredible game plan as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you know he, Todd Bowles is getting a lot of credit, and he should. Uh, but I, I really, honestly, don't know that this was a very difficult game plan. You know, I mean, no. if you if 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 Mahomes can't 
you know, find any if you could double team Hill and and uh, Kelsey and Mahomes can't find time to get to anybody else that's going to try to find a way to get open. Uh, it's going to be a lot of Mahomes kind of running backwards to try to you know buy time to get people open. It's going to be a lot of improv and and and. You know, let's be clear. Mahomes threw a touchdown pass while completely horizontal and, you know, hmm. one arm flinging it to a guy and it hit him and hit his receiver in, in this helmet and he just dropped it like it was. I mean, that would have honestly, Marcus, that was the most amazing throw I think I've ever seen in my life. I'm not I'm not yeah, joking. Like, th- yeah, it was 30 yards in the air while being while, horizontal. While vertical, while horizontal, you know, just completely yeah. his, his legs yeah. were completely he's, not he's touching incredible. the ground. The guy is a freak. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, without a doubt, uh, Bulls deserve some credit. But I, I also think that. Uh, the, the Chiefs were in a in a vulnerable position, and they did themselves no favors. You know, the coaching staff, the the, the supporting cast, they did Mahomes no favors. I agree. Uh, we're going to get to some of our takeaways from this game, but before we do that, I wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online. I know the NFL season is over, but that doesn't mean that betting season is over. We've got basketball, we've got UFC. Baseball is just around the corner, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust with our bets, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's do our takeaways from Super Bowl 55. I know there's going to be a lot of people uh, having some hot takes on a single game, and I love it. That's that's one of the best things about the Super Bowl. But what was your biggest takeaway from this game in relation to, to the Dallas Cowboys? I, I, you know, I think the biggest takeaway for me was the takeaway from the, the game overall, and that's uh, you can have the best quarterback in the world, and, and Kansas City did. And if you can't find a way to protect him – uh, it, it's it's moot. It's you know you, 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 even with the greatest quarterback, one of the best play callers in football, you know uh, one you know one of the best supporting cast. That, I mean, I was early calling them, you know, one of the greatest trio, uh, the triplets in, in history. Yeah, I, I still think they and are. They, I, still think I still think they are. are. And, and, and yeah. even then, uh, if you don't have a way to protect your quarterback. Uh, or, or if you don't have an offensive line that can open up uh, things in the run game for you, it doesn't matter. And so I, I think for the Cowboys, they need to, you know, there's there's some people that are going to push back when they see, and, and we'll, we'll 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 talk about it a little hmm. bit later with some of the uh, mock draft Monday stuff. You know, there's going to sure. be some people that push back when they see. Uh, offensive tackles taken at ten if they fall to the Cowboys, or or uh, you know just offensive linemen in general being taken because everyone is screaming that they need defense. More, which they do, which they do more than they need that defense. You know, uh, they need to confirm, they need to be sure that their offensive line uh, can protect the quarterback who and 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 you know promote the run game because ultimately uh, Kansas City just showed you what happens when you have an incredible uh, uh the best quarterback in football one of the best uh, supporting cast in football but you have a mm-hmm. uh, second string offensive lineman uh, it's it's all for naught it, it you have to have a way to protect your quarterback and to generate yards in the run game uh, and if your offensive line is you know uh, beat up you have to find a way to either scheme uh protection scheme run the run game 
or uh, have a depth at the positions that you can keep going without missing a beat. All right, so I don't think you're wrong, obviously, because offensive linemen do matter. But I think there is, I think there's a tipping point here, Landon, because we've seen Mahomes before get by with a subpar offensive line, right? I think the best quarterbacks in the league can still find success despite having bad players on their offensive line. We saw Aaron Rodgers still play really well without David Bakhtiari. We've seen Mahomes all season long play well despite injuries at right tackle and on you know the guards. But there is a, there is a point where it's just too much to overcome. And yesterday you saw that with the Chiefs, right? When they had to move Mike Renners, who was really a swing tackle, from right tackle over to left tackle, and then they had Steven Wisniewski, who they picked up off waivers earlier this year. They played a career right guard at right tackle, who's never taken snaps there. It just became too much. Um, but can you get by with an average offensive line if your quarterback is really good? Yes. And I think this is what Cowboy fans are going to be dealing with is, okay, we've already invested so much into our tackles. We already have a all-pro uh, right guard. Do we need to spend another top 10 pick or another first round pick on an offensive tackle to get Dak the best possible offensive line? Who knows? I, I, you I know, mean, look, I, I, I'm fine with it, I, but go ahead. I mean, yeah, I'll say this, you know, um, Tom Brady never had a terrible offensive line when he won the Super Bowl. Well, to be fair, I mean, not to be fair, but I think. I think Brady left New England because the offensive line was really getting old and not very good. Yeah, and look what right? he did. He went to I, I a place where he got a good offensive line. I, yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence he chose Tampa Bay. Right? <laughs> I mean, like he chose a team that had a really good offensive line with a top 15 pick to, to, to boost it up. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, look, you know, a good. can you get by with a good offensive line? Yes, you can. Can, yes. you, can you get yeah. by with a, with, a, with a good quarterback? Yes, you can. But are we trying to get by? Like no, because when you get when you get to that top level and 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 the the margins are thin, like it just seems like more and more it's teams. And look, I think it's time to start rehaving the conversation about coverage versus uh, pass rush too, <laughs> because you know, like I think that there is, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it's not enough to just be good enough when you're when you if you're trying to get to that next level. And we understand that at the quarterback level. I think it's time yes. we are to yeah. start to understand that in the offense overall, that you have to have balance in this offense. You have to be able to win multiple ways because if the path that you are uh, uh, most most comfortable winning football games with isn't available to you, uh, there's no other there's no time to go back and correct, cor- uh, cor- uh, correct it or find a different way. You have to find a way to win that game, the game in front of you, and, and that's what the good teams do. Look, I mean, do, do I think that uh, – that I would pick Tampa Bay to win this game if all teams were if all things were healthy and and, and everything was you know ideal. I, I absolutely not. I think Kansas City would would win this game. I think that the reason that Tampa uh, was able to do this and I you know Tom Brady's going to continue to get all the credit and that's you know he's still Tom Brady and I understand that there's it's not coincidence that he continues to win championships. But the reason that Tampa Bay won this game is because. The talent on this team was spread out in a way that allowed them to win games in multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Brady right. had 200 yards passing. That's it. Like, you know, they had 140 yards rushing, and rushing uh, ultimately is what helped kill the game when they needed it. And, and I understand that 
you know, from a 10,000 foot view, running the football isn't as valuable passing. But when it, when you get down to the actual individual games that you play in the playoffs, you only have like three or four of them. You have to find though they're so. I mean, you have yeah. to win them. You have to be, allow for the multiple paths to be open for you because every team that you play in the playoffs is good, and every team that you play is going to try to take away you, you know your best path to, to winning. You have to have multiple ways to get around that in order to score points and deny the other team points uh, to win the football game. I agree. I think I think one of my favorite things is that there's just there's a lot of ways to build a team yeah, and to be successful. Absolutely. Right? I think we talk about that all the time on this show because I remember. Even at the start of this playoffs, it was, hey, you got to have one of these young athletic quarterbacks to have a chance. If you if you don't have a quarterback that can run the ball, uh, you're just not going to be able to win at the highest level. Um, Landon, I'm going to le- read to you some names of quarterbacks that have played in the Super Bowl over the last decade. Brady, I don't know how many times. <laughs> Nick Foles, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, old washed-up Peyton Manning, <laughs> Joe Flacco, and Eli Manning. You can get by if you're not a great athlete at quarterback as long as everything else around you is fine. And we've seen that be successful, right? Tampa Bay had a really, really solid team all the way around. They really didn't have a big weakness. So my biggest takeaway is there's not one big takeaway. That's all it is. Fair. You can, you could build your team a lot of different ways to win games. Yeah. I think that that's absolutely true. I I, I think that, you know, I, I think you have to win a lot of different ways. I think yeah. that's. I think they, there's an optimal. I think there's an optimal way to build your absolutely. team. Absolutely. Obviously, that I think that's by passing the ball really efficiently, I, and being really efficient by stopping the pass. Pass, but there are other ways to do it, right? Yeah. In the regular season, you can win all your games probably by throwing the football. When it becomes playoff time, the the competition becomes better. And you still have to throw the ball still, really oh, well. You still but you have, have to, to be do able something to do that. else. That's still well. part, but I think defense yes. and running the football becomes way more important and maybe what we're discovering marcus is that why these uh uh, tropes started in the first place right like is that everyone thought that running and defense was so important all the time because the super bowl and the playoffs are important and that's when running the football and playing good defense is the most important right but in reality the thing that drives football from from you know week one to the, the the final bell of the Super Bowl is passing right is and that's and that's ultimately what we've discovered but I think that you know there is something still to the idea that if you can't run the football if you can't play defense in playoffs uh, it becomes sure. extremely difficult to win those last few games against those final few opponents and what I would say to that and you're not you're not wrong is that you still have to have a baseline of passing efficiency. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? You, you, yeah. You, you can't be one of these teams that only runs the ball really well and plays defense because you're just not going to be good enough. Because even Brady yesterday, yeah. 21 of 29 for 201 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he was really, really efficient. Uh, it helped that they ran the ball pretty well. but Definitely. Uh, <laughs> but when you have a great quarterback and you can do at least one other thing really well for Tampa Bay, it's rush the passer, you're going to have a chance. Uh, let's take one more quick break and we'll get back to mock draft Monday. I wanted to tell you guys about built bar. You guys know about built bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. There's nothing that even compares. Uh, it's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's a great combination of low calories, high protein and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie cookies and cream and apple almond crisp. 
They're also releasing a new mm. flavor. We can't talk about it yet, but I did try it today for lunch, and I got to say, mm. it is mind-blowing how good it is. <laughs> Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Landon, it is a mock draft Monday in the first mock drafts after the Super Bowl. And we've got three to talk about really quickly. All right. um, I'm going to go through them really you know, really fast, the, the outlets from where they came from. And you tell me which one you like the best. All right, let's hear it. Uh, the first one comes from Chad Reuter of NFL.com. He gave the Cowboys Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher from Miami. Uh, the next one is from Pro Football Focus. They gave the Cowboys cornerback Caleb Farley over... Patrick Sertan because they believe that Sertan and Diggs wouldn't be a fast enough cornerback duo uh, in the NFL. And then at the draft network, Kyle Krabs gave the Cowboys offensive tackle Rashawn Slater, who could potentially play guard in the NFL right away as the Cowboys bring back their starting offensive tackles from last year. Of those three mocks, which one do you like the best? Hmm... Well, definitely not the first one. Let's go ahead and r- yeah. rule out Russo. We're not Russo fans at, yeah. at number ten. Yeah, I just don't think he's 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 worth that pick at this point. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about fairly a little bit later this week. Hmm. Um, yeah, we are. And and I think that he, you know I I'm he scares me a lot. You know, I, I and and the reason he scares me is because he's it's it's his skill set is appetizing right it's it's like it's yeah. like what you want it's like he looks exactly like the kind of cornerback you want he's big he's fast he's crazy athletic former wide receiver or, or former uh, offensive player who can uh you know is used to getting the, the hand his hands on the football uh but he's also extremely raw and he also has a uh a uh you know, an injury history that combined with him sitting out last year is just kind of nerve wracking about what sure, exactly you're going to sure. get. Um, you know, I, I, the more I see uh, these down roster uh, offensive tackles, uh, the more I feel comfortable about taking a, a tackle a little bit later if we needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but Slater is a guy who. I feel like is a difference maker uh, and could be a difference maker even while he's playing guard if, if you needed to him next year. Um, I probably would pick Slater, I think. I think. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, it, it, it might be Farley. It, it'd be one of those, it'd be one of those <laughs> two. I, I, I would have a hard time because I think I, I might go for Sertan in that situation. I, I like Farley and Sertan you know, very similarly, and obviously, I think they are. It's the classic, you know, uh, upside versus floor. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think that to me, uh, I want I, I I gotta I gotta hit a, at least a, a double or triple with this first pick, right? I gotta like I cannot screw up that pick, and I feel like there is a there is chances for you to pick Farley and for it to go wrong. Whether it's injury or uh, a lack of experience in the position, I, I do feel like there is uh, uh, some uh, disaster that could happen with Farley that may not be there with Sertan or uh, Slater as much. I'm really struggling with this one because Slater, tough, Farley, yeah. and Sertan are really the three guys that I've kind of circled uh, for that Cowboy pick. I would say this. I feel like 
you never want to be in a, in a situation where you have to draft an offensive tackle because that's when you get into a lot of problems. Yep. You'd rather draft that guy one or even two years too early sure. than having to be in the market for one because there's just not that many of those guys out there. So if you believe Rashawn Slater is a high-level tackle in the NFL and he's there at 10, I'm probably taking him and... If the cornerback prospects were a little bit cleaner, I think that would maybe sway me one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But with Caleb Farley only playing the position for two years and then sitting out last year and having the injury concerns, and then with Sertan having the lack of speed, I'm probably ranking them Slater, Farley, Sertan in that order. But ask me tomorrow and my order might change. I, I, that's really how I feel about this entire class. I, especially at 10, I just, I don't have a, a favorite pick yet for that spot. Do you? Uh, a favorite? No. I mean, I, I think, you know, th- there's there, players I'm fine with, but there's yeah. nobody like, okay, this is who I absolutely want to fall to number 10. I, I mean, I think if Sewell was there at 10, I'd take him. I, I, I think that's where I'm sure. at now is that sure. no matter what, if Sewell was there at 10, I like him more than the rest of these guys. I, that just doesn't feel very. It realistic. doesn't feel that very feels realistic. about as realistic as somebody like C.D. Lamb falling to number seven. Well, I mean, it'd be amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, look, I, I think that it's it's really tough because it is it is the classic you know uh, risk risk reward you know, and uh, I, and it's not like Slater doesn't have his own risk right. He sat out all last year, and he doesn't have the longest arms. No, but I also think that all those the the risk is. It's pretty mitigated. I, I feel like yeah. his play is going to overcome his arms without a, without any problems. There's really not very many on the field concerns. Yeah, at all. and even his even him missing last year, I've seen enough of him on tape to know that you know I'm good with that. Uh, yeah, like, he's played. Yeah. I mean, he's played over 1,800 snaps in 2018. With Farley, you, you watch the tape and you're like, I need to see more. And then you hear yeah. all the things that happen, like you know, oh, the back spasms at the end of the year. Oh, you know, he, we, he still isn't quite as refined as you like. You re- sure. re- I mean, he is one of the guys when he announced that he was sitting out. Uh, I think re- his stock really – it didn't take a hit just because he's such a talented kid, but it was like – It was one of those like, yeesh, oh, man, we wish like, he played. Yeah, I, you could yeah. feel like you could take a lot of these – you could hear a lot of these scouts like inhaling sharply yeah. through their teeth. Like, like uh, yeah. that's that's going to be a tough eval from here. So, I, so you know, somebody is going to uh, take a risk with this kid and either get an incredible cornerback or a guy who is taking – at least his rookie contract to try to figure out how to play cornerback in the NFL. Yeah, wouldn't be that surprising at all. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to to kind of debate and follow these guys throughout the draft process because as we sit here on February eighth, it feels like those are probably the two or the three most likely picks for the Cowboys, but uh, things can change. Uh, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that early this week, I think we're gonna do it on Wednesday. Landon and I are going to do our draft prospect profiles like we did last year. We're going to take three players at the same position, preview them throughout the entire show. We're going to do a deep dive on each of these players and their background, how they would fit in, whether or not we'd like them for the Cowboys in specific rounds. Uh, So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. Tomorrow will be our typical Twitter Tuesday, so make sure you guys get those questions into us. Um, You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. Uh, You can subscribe, download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB 
I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.